I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. When life hands you lemons, remove two from the bowl. Do I go? Yeah. <laughs> I may be big on Twitter, but I'm not big on your BS. <laughs> you guys. Okay, first off. I'm fully not big on Twitter. First off, you're huge on Twitter and IRL. It's Andy's Girls, episode 144. I can't get through. I have to say my tagline again. (laughs) (laughs) When life hands you lemons, remove two from the bowl, which we'll get to. But I literally tweeted that. And then I was like, wait a second. That's my tagline for this week. And every time I think about it, like I come up with taglines like very last minute. My taglines are always like, hello, how are you? And I this never happens to me. But as soon as I tweeted it, I was like, oh, my God, this is my tagline. And every time I think about it, I fall in love. And guess who is here, you guys? The other love of my life, Evan Ross Katz, New York-based writer and editor with an incredible podcast, Incredible, uh, coming um, to all of y'all, beginning with its premiere on February 4th. The name of the pod, Shut Up, Evan. Shut up, Evan. Been hearing it all my life. 
Um, first off, you have a tattoo on your forearm. That's did you get it? Which came first, the tattoo or the pod? The tattoo years ago. That says "Shut up, Evan." Yeah. Okay, so is that your only tattoo? Yeah. So I have been thinking that I want to get one, and I have been stalking. You know, little John boy who does mm-hmm. like he does like all the like Instagram motherfucking like ladies you know that are like they all look the same they would have all worn american apparel rest in peace like they're all a bieber in some way Haley. Uh-huh. and i want to get like a little just like a little heart underneath my elbow on the inside of my forearm Do it. for my birthday and i was thinking i might visit um some family in miami which is our excuse to just go to south beach with my mom and the last time i did it i had my nose pierced right before i went to like terrify my mother and so my goal is to get it done before i go to florida so i can show up and be like look i desecrated my body do it right yeah do you regret it no it's my one of my favorite things about me I, I like how... It's so pretty. It, oh, Can you thanks. show it to me again? My, it's my brother's handwriting. He oh, hand-wrote like, it. Oh, like literally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really quickly, the backstory with it is just like all my life, I would say no to opportunities. I was a big no person. And when I met my best friend, I started from a place of no. Yeah. Yes. I once started from a place of no. Oh, uh, I and when I so much. <laughs> and when I met my best friend, Kevin, he used to always tell me to shut up. To be honest with you, the actual thing he tells me is shut up, faggot. Uh, he can say it. <laughs> but I figured, I figured that is a tattoo. Can you imagine if you like roll into whatever, wherever, and you have your like sleeves rolled yeah. up? Yeah, exactly. And it only says shut the up, word faggot. that I, I can't say out loud because um, I'm a heterosexual. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I so I put it on there. But the interesting thing is, I didn't. I did it for me, but I didn't realize how much conversation it would elicit from people. Um, you know, because I'm, you know, when I'm holding my hand up on the subway or like whatever, it's just very visible. But yeah, I love it. Highly recommend getting a tattoo. I just want a little baby one, yeah. just like a little baby heart. But Could my thing is, that's the problem is that I know I have like at least maybe like 15 ear piercings all from Maria Tash where I just walk in and I say to my favorite piercer, they're like the best ever. And I walk in and I'm like, Ben, do whatever you want. Just put a hole in me. I'm in the mood. And so I'm nervous that if I get one, I'm going to have 70. As someone, so I got this in 2017 and it's 2020 and I've only gotten the one. So I feel like I'm an advocate for, you can do the one. And you're going to, the next time you're on the people's people's I know, couch, I'm, I'm going to be covered. covered in a I'm going to have yeah, a yeah. face tattoo. <laughs> it's going to be like, which ear did you bite off? Was it Danielle's? Can't Hopefully. Um, Okay. There is so much for us to say. And I, so here's the thing with AG. I usually book out episodes. Sometimes I book out like a month or two in advance. Like it's like, it depends. But this upcoming week, sometimes I also like keeping weeks open because I don't know what's going to happen. So I recorded last week's episode a couple hours after I recorded news broke that Victoria Gumbelson is a rest in peace and was leaving the show. And I was like, oh, the irony here is that it always happens after I record an episode before it's posted. But like, we'll get to it next week. And I'm started thinking about like who I wanted to kiki with. And then the fucking Tamra sh- like hit the f- like shit like my body like melted down like the high I've never done like really hard hard super hard drugs like medium and I felt like I was high like my body felt like an electric bolt came through me and I started talking about thinking about the next week and I was like there's literally no one that I want to talk to about this except for you that's so nice of you because I feel like when you when I've had you on the people's people's couch I feel like you're able to enunciate and break things down in a way that is so clear and so unique that first off, I can't wait to listen to your podcast, which is coming out in February and it's going to be amazing. (laughs) But number two, I really wanted to have a conversation about this. And here's the weirdness for me is that I have never been as happy in my life as I was for the 12 hours or whatever in which I found out that Tamara was leaving people. I was getting inundated with DMs. I was DMing with like Bravo influencers at the same time as talking to AG listeners. It was amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And then Sunday happens and this fucking Kobe Bryant shenanigan tragedy happened. And it felt like my body was leaving my soul. I don't watch the sports. I don't watch basketball. I don't watch anything. Um, I couldn't tell you anything about his career. 
But the second it happened, I was so sad that like I lost, not to be like, oh, poor me, but I like lost all of the joy and all of the energy and all of the high from the Tamara Mishigas. And then I just became brutally sad. Like I was texting, DMing with people. I'm not a sports person, but he was such a part of my childhood. Like I remember him going to prom with Brandy, like as a pop culture obsessed person person it felt like a death and a shock and then obviously the stuff with his daughter when that was coming out it just removed anything from my body and I have kind of been struggling to get back the energy that I felt after Tamra Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that makes any sense but I was like all the more reason to record with you because I feel like had I recorded an episode right after the Tamara announcement, it would have been like 68 minutes of me screaming at a volume and shriek so loud that like literally only puppies, Vanderpump dogs would have heard it. Um, J- Jiggy, can you hear me? Um, but I feel like now I've like settled into it where it's like, OK, now we can like have a conversation about it versus had I recorded right before it would have been a mess. Had I recorded right after Kobe, it would have been a mess of a different kind. And now I'm in a place where it's like, OK, I think we can actually like have a conversation. Does that make any sense? It makes a lot of sense I think it's a I love a measured response and so sometimes I think a measured response takes a beat and also I think it's really savvy of you because everyone sort of did the hot take response cycle which is fun it's necessary yeah but I kind of like that sort of like second wave response you know um of sort of okay now that we've had a moment I've I've been able to like process all of the pieces written about it all of the ancillary happenings Tamara's uh Instagram live with Andy Mm -hmm. all of that so really savvy I want to say one thing about the Kobe thing really quickly um obviously rest in peace to him his daughter so and, and the other passengers that that um seven other people yeah, that, that passed away but i think one remarkable thing that's come from this i was reading i was watching Shaq's interview oh my god the special of remembering kobe yeah. i just watched his like four minute thing and i was yeah. broken he and, broke me in half yeah and then like lebron Love did Shaq, his um Shaq. wonderfully written uh instagram post and mm. anyway so i think what has come from this from, that i've noticed from so many prominent men in the media, many mm-hmm. of them sports players who have these followings of young, often straight, often masculine. Yeah, prominent um, black men. Black men, yes, yeah. especially. And white men, though. Like, I mean, the fandom really, um, I feel like it's but just... But the men a, that have come out. Oh, that, yeah, 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 certainly. Yeah. But I think one of the most beautiful things is seeing this vulnerability yes. from these, like, powerful black men and sort of that opening up a bigger conversation about it being okay to mm-hmm. to express emotions and to feel emotions and to and to um sort of live in them and 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 feel that it's uh you're not going to be judged for having them yeah. so i think that obviously the circumstance is awful and grief is is a difficult thing to have in a process but i think it's um i actually do feel like there is something uh, beautiful to come out of this and I think it will make the I think it will make men be not I mean I don't want to sound too highfalutin about it but I do think it will make people feel more okay to express their emotions I completely them. agree with you and I also think tying this back to Tamra as it should be tied yeah yeah please so then I watched the Tamra IG live that Andy did yeah where he I guess he had called her earlier in the day and left a VM and she didn't respond and so he was like let me see he did an IG live and then he noticed that she was watching and he was like okay let me see if she'll join and then she did and I felt like initially when this announcement came out I was like gleeful then you know just kind of distracted by life and other things and then I watched her response where she was being very shady very passive aggressive but also truly upset like you could tell she was in pain and I felt a little bit more empathy than I think I would have otherwise like just understanding how this week had been I felt like I I was just more sympathetic to her emotional state than I would have been I think had I watched that IG live immediately after the announcement, I would have been like, oh, she's being like really shady and just trying to bury this. And now I'm like, no, she has a reason to feel the way she feels. And like it is, uh, you know, it's a big change in her life. It's a very different chapter. And I kind of feel for her. And also it's like her fucking check at the end of the day. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. First off, she immediately unfollowed everybody after the announcement came out. That includes Andy. That includes Evolution. That includes Bravo. 
And that includes all of the social media channels. Uh, sorry, all of the like Bravo influencer um, channels that she had followed. And then she said in the IG live with Andy that she did it because she didn't want to be inundated with like this news. And yeah. probably I would think she didn't want to feel as hurt and angry when she saw that a lot of people were fucking happy about this, I myself mean, included. Log out, bitch. But that is exactly my point. Why would you put and test these relationships that you need now more than ever by unfollowing P.S. She still hasn't followed Bravo TV. She follows Andy now. She hasn't followed Evolution. And I don't know about every single Bravo account because I don't know every single one that she followed in the first place. But I've just heard from them that she has. You need to keep people on your side. And these are people that you should really engage with now more than ever you're saying thank god for vena cbd you're saying thank god for fucking cut fitness which whatever but why would you potentially estrange yourself and isolate yourself from channels that can really help you especially because you've lost that 900k check like that makes no sense to me log out but Why I mean, didn't you log out? Yeah, it, it's incredibly emblematic of the Tamara that we've come to know over over a decade now. Um, in that it's like, here's the problem. Here's the very obvious solution. Right. And then here's her skirting it. It reminds me of everything with her daughter. Is it Sydney, right? Is the daughter? Yeah, or, there's, well, there's, there's Sydney, Sydney and, and Spencer. Then, oh, no, Spencer's the son. There's I think two Sydney, daughters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but think is Sydney, Sydney the one she doesn't speak to? I think so, yeah. I forget so, but, the other one's name. The little one. Needless the one, to say, the there's the daughter who was like, I don't want to appear on camera. Right. And it's like, oh, simple solution. I, I won't be on this show anymore. And that way we never have to deal with the cameras. And it's like, and yet Tamara not only continues to be on the show, which one could say she needed the check, but continues to discuss her daughter on the show. And so it's just like Tamara, it's like, you know, everyone's like, you know how there's this saying sometimes like the road diverges, which one did you take? In mm-hmm. Tamara's case, it's like one sign says do not enter and one sign says go here and Tamara goes down the do not enter. And the do not enter, she probably feels like she should go down because it probably helps her, you know, keep being like the top of of conversation. It's just so interesting that she'll sacrifice literally anyone, including her children, including have one son walking in on the other son where he's being filmed to have a conversation about Trump and that younger son had no idea that they were about to film film and then being surprised when he's like you fucking suck during the filming when she thought it was going to be them fighting each other Mm -hmm. I mean it was interesting to me watching the IG live because she says at one point and I'm going through something she gets emotional and she starts crying and Andy's like I know I know and she's like and I could really use the privacy right now and I'm like what the fuck could you be going through that's worse than your daughter saying if you don't leave the show I'll never talk to you again is it related to Jim Bellino is it something having to do with finances is it hell? It's then I was thinking, could it be Simon's health? I don't know that it's Eddie. Is that terrible? No, no. I almost said something terrible. Oh no, this is the place. No, I mean like like I don't want to inv- like lawsuit terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I stop myself. Um, but like. It what could it be the gym stuff because then she goes but then yeah. I'm rich and I have two houses so I'm like I don't know but that it's necessarily like he's bleeding again. her drive because we already know that like what could it be what's the worst possible thing that it could be but again that fabulous housewives dichotomy of sort of like I'm going through so much like please feel sympathy for me but I've got two houses and I am rich bitch it's like that sort of we they want both right they want that they want you to know that they're just like you that they struggle with the same shit you struggle with and yet we are behind the pearly gates and I think that some of them are more successful in that sort of like duality than others but I thought what was really interesting about Tamara she's such an interesting housewife and I know you and I love to talk about her and I think a lot of that is because she exists she's one of the longest tenured obviously Mm -hmm. but unlike the Bethany or the Nini or the Teresa or the Kyle who kind of exist outside of the show have fame outside the show that is she doesn't she doesn't like she is housewives and housewives only and so whereas someone like a Bethany or an LVP or a Nini or, or Kenya can leave and you can still sort of be like, okay, I'm not worried about you because I'm going to be following you. Like where you go, or I Teresa. go. Or Teresa. You would say Teresa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah, be yeah. interested. Yeah. Um, with Tamara, it's like, I'm fine if I never see her again. Wow, that pause. <laughs> oh my God. You just literally broke her heart. Oh, or Eddie's. Um, 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree I with you. I defended her in the past, though. When I was first on the show, I like talked about how much I really enjoyed her in her in her early years. Who, Tam? Yeah. I mean, I've heard from, I reached out because so many people were like gleeful about it. Yeah. Um, BCC myself. And so <laughs> I, reached, <laughs> I reached out to people and I was like, are you team Tam staying? Like, tell me to, why, tell me why, tell me why, tell me why. And I got several DMs, including a satchel from... Um, bum, 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 bum. Satchel from Jane uh, in Baltimore who said, vaguely worried about the age mix now with just one older woman and then women mm. in their 30s and 40s. There are no natural relationships left between any of the characters and they're divided by age and life experience. Huh. Hard to imagine new people who will help the cast gel again, to which I would say that Andy has since come on one of the Radio Andy shows and was talking specifically about the age and he said Shannon is definitely back and that he would have the conversation about age and potentially it being like prejudicial to the elders or something he did reference Ramona being like 61 which is I think generous to Ramona um but he said it's not an age thing and also Shannon's back and he's like I would have a conversation about that if there was like a general generational shift had she been gone and if it was like really they were focusing on like the Degrassi next generation yeah. of Orange County and he's saying that because there are Shannon's still there poor sweet Shannon as the village elder and because there are still relationships there like Shannon and Gina that that's not necessarily as concerning to them yeah that that's a really interesting point though because it makes me think about more often than not when new people come into the fold they're young I mean it really began with Brandy when it was like we're going to bring in new people and they're immediately going to be of a different generation right the exception to the rule in a good way was Dorinda on Roni. Yeah. Because all the new girls on Roni, the Kristen, the Heather, the Carol, were all younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Dorinda really came in and showed that you can come in, you know, with a little bit of life experience and, and shake things up. So with that in mind and with that comment about the generation divide right now, I would love if whoever the new woman or women are that joined the cast, I would love if they would go... I want like a big older personality, not, I don't, I'm not looking for like the new girl in town. I think we got that from Bronwyn. We got that from Lizzie. Like we, we've gotten that so many times. We got that from, um, who's the mousy girl? With Gina? The, no, no, no. I know I love Gina. No, the one with the gay husband. Um, her name is, so they had the magazine together. Lydia. Lydia. <laughs> it's just Oh my god, a flop of a housewife if we've ever had one. Um, no, but I uh, no Peggy is a flop of a housewife. Peggy two, Peggy one was delightful. Peggy two, oh my god, was great. Peggy, Peggy one and her guns. Uh, Stop. Peggy. Still oh my god, I love that Peggy one was brought back for the premiere of the following season just to wrap up her Alexis <laughs> shit, and they were like, "All right, honey, and see yourself out." Um, but uh, yeah, so I definitely I would love. Older women energy. I'm not really looking for like uh, when they go young. I tend. To, that's why I don't watch Vanderpump. I tend to get uninterested. Well, Vanderpump is having a really hot mess of a season. It's like it's it's trash of an unpleasant kind. Um, uh, trash of an unpleasant odor. But with the OC stuff, I mean, there have been arguments that I do agree with of people saying bring on a friend of Kelly's because you know Kelly is surrounded by equally insane people so it would be interesting to me to see some version of that kind of manic Mm. energy I could also see someone bringing in like a friend of Shannon I mean or do you bring back some people from yesteryear do you bring back a Lizzie do you bring back a Dubrow I mean who would you want to come back Alexis 100% a million percent because Shannon is still there so you still have the lawsuit tension oh I wasn't even thinking about that Emily and Alexis are genuinely friends I just am fascinated by Alexis Polino, always have been, and I I don't have any reason to think this. I mean, but I have a feeling she would come back and it would do wonders to um, make her uh, show her in a better light. I have a feeling that the, the space between her appearing on the show and now and the ability to sort of uh, not be famous for a few years, I imagine has done wonders for her. And she was kind of putting on a play when she was on. They oh were pretending God. they had all that money, of Ooh, which they had none. David Mamet is shaking. I mean, for real. And I just wonder what she will be like now, having been freed 
from the prison that is a relationship with Jimbalino. Yes, and also it could be so fun to see her teenage kids because we never really we saw Alexis like mom of like little kids playing oh, by the yeah, pool. Yeah, that's a good point. But Alexis is like mommy now and could literally give the ladies of rock, you know, Shannon's daughters a, a run for their money. Do you think Jim would allow them to be filmed? I'm not sure i don't know how the legal stuff works i'm gonna say no but it's like he might because can you stop your so uh, so i uh, yes you can stop him from being filmed. i mean oh, bethany right. jason does not allow um bryn to be on camera Otherwise, i thought that was a mutual decision no. it's it's... but then why is sprint still hidden on her instagram she is hidden. That's the point. That's why she's still hidden on her Instagram. But it's her Instagram. She's not allowed in any kind of shape or form. I don't know if it's because it's related to her being a public figure and it's like a business thing. She's really not. Bethany would show the fuck out of that kid. Sorry. Apologies. I want a lawyer to like wait. Sorry, not sorry. Something about that feels just so like a, a, an ex-husband can control whether his ex-wife puts their kid on her Instagram. Yeah, because I think it's... But like, at least with, it makes sense with the show because it's profiting. I think it's because she's a public figure. And I think it's there's a way to consider her social media a, a part of her job. But that gets like so complicated because it's like there are so many public figures now. But I think it's something huh. that they kind of... Just like um, fucking Sonia always talks about the fact that she doesn't right. want her kid on camera because it could harm the child. No, that was a part of her divorce agreement with her husband. Mr. John Morgan was like absolutely not... Like, mm. abso-fucking-lutely not. Which is why it's so surprising to me that David Bador allows the kids to be on the show and now have confessionals. But then I also think, yeah, because it's alleviating pressure on him to give her, like, financial support. Is that he's making sure that she continues to have a job so that she doesn't contest the means of their divorce. Same, I would think, with, well, no, Simon didn't. And they had to wait until Spencer was 18 to film. They, like, literally filmed his 18th birthday because that was the first possible chance. I'm more cynical, though. I think David keeps them on because he wants them to become stars in their own right so that he can potentially profit off of his daughters. Well, he's certainly profiting somewhere because, um, spoiler alert, Mazel, he got engaged to that fucking oh whore and God. the one that was like incredibly disrespectful to someone at a fucking Target. She's like, don't you know the kind of house I live in? Bullshit. She seems like a monster. Yeah. And they're engaged now. She's wearing a very expensive, disgusting, trashy ring. And I'm just curious for who paid for that yeah. since apparently he's super broke, um, which is why Shannon only got like 1.3 or 1.34 million from their divorce settlement, even though they sold their old house or at least had it listed for like 13 million. Like, where did all that money go? Yeah, it does not make sense to me. It's funny because like when Shannon first came on the show during the Heather Dubrow era, uh, when there was like you know real money yeah. wafting I remember like one of the early plots was like we suddenly had two really rich women on the show and it's interesting now thinking about these past few seasons from that lens of like Shannon's I mean obviously she's a wealthy woman but she's not the wealthy that we were once presented on the show side note now that we brought up Ms. Dubrow gotta bring her back gotta bring her back right why'd we ever lose her because they offered her part-time a la Yolanda and she said, no, thank you, please. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't giving a lot at that time. And I think she needs, I think she'd be one of those people that would really genuinely consider it and probably not be as um, difficult, understandably so, in like the terms of her contract. Yeah. I think that she would probably take a little bit less than she would have then. I also think that she... She became such so close with Tamara early on. Yeah. And so, and that sort of became her ride or die. And there's a version of a new Heather that comes on who has either a ride or die that's one of the current women or, or, or one of her friends or something, but that sort of gives her a life on the show that's not attached to Tamara. And she and Shannon have a very complicated relationship, yeah. even though a lot of that was because of Tamara. Yeah. And she and Kelly hate each other. So, like, why not bring her back? I mean, but there is also an argument introduce new people, but I think you can do both. Yeah, do both, do both. Do and both. I think she would maybe be okay with being part-time right now and yeah. just kind of seeing it might work best for her just to kind of test the waters and see what happens. There's something about, like, the breath of fresh of having women on the show who you previously liked having that multiple because this is the thing about why I think Nini and Kenya's returns both aren't working or both didn't work because I don't think we I think so Nini took two seasons off and Kenya was one season off Kenya was one I forget about yeah Nini. So I've, I've erased her from my mind makes sense so 
I feel like Bethany hit the sweet spot by doing the three seasons off. And so in that time, you're able to miss the person and they're actually able to have genuine life changing experiences that are settled into. The difference with Bethany, though, is that she took time off to A, do her own spinoff, which was very successful, and B, do her own talk show, which was very unsuccessful. And so there was she was in the area where we were like, we've seen you do great. We've seen you not do not not do great now yeah. is the perfect time for you to come yeah. back and i never watched the spinoff so they were fantastic i own every single episode of every season fantastic i can imagine but for me it's like i i had three solid years off from her and so i just think that w- someone like a heather who we've now had i think three or four seasons off from or something yeah. it's like enough time has happened yeah. now where it's like i welcome you back also, she's frozen in time and not just because of her husband's job. Oh like, there, it's not like she's done anything where it's, aside from whatever happened with her assistant, which I found very fascinating. I always find it interesting when people consider themselves family, but they someone is, like, giving you a 1099. Like, yeah. that's not actual. And I've experienced that in New York, and I'm a retired nanny and um, have worked with high-profile families. And I have friends in that nanny world, some of whom still remain, and they consider themselves an extension of that family. I'm like, you're, n- you're never going to. I know that they let you use the car and driver, and I think that's terrific. But, like, you are not a member of that family. Ultimately, you are going to move from your job. And the question then becomes, is that a smooth transition or a hard one? But, like, at the end of the day, regardless of whether or not you're in the will, you are not a child of these people. Yeah. They are not your parents. It's not the same dynamic. And I think Heather and Natalie had that moment where she was like throwing Natalie a baby shower and they were so close and whatever. And then guess what? Didn't really work out for them. And now they're sort of enemies. It's all very interesting and very strange, but give I would Natalie love- an orange. Give Natalie an orange. I mean like, give- and PS rest in peace. Our relationship with fucking Brianna Culberson. Cause we're never going to get it back. Her mom is never going to allow her to be on the show again. Uh-huh. I am heartbroken about Brianna. I never, I didn't, I didn't think about that. I'm so sad about it. I like really, and she's private on Instagram, I think, but Ryan is public, but I can't make the sacrifice of seeing Ryan's face in order to see Brianna's. It's like very hard, rough, tough stuff. Like I want to see Dawn like oh somehow. I love Dawn. Love Dawn to bits. I mean, it's, it's hard for me a to, man. <laughs> I mean like a man it's, there are some complications from these women leaving and I'm still in full support of it. I mean, on last week's episode of AG mere hours before Vicky and then Tamara broke, we were talking about what's the future of this happening. And I said, Vicky's gone and they're going to ask Tamara to come back. I think part time because I had been pushing for her to leave, but I thought that Bravo would probably do a middle ground. Then it turns out that's exactly what they did. They offered her three episode arc to tie up loose ends, Daily Mail said it was 20K for three. Tamara just said on Instagram in the past day, because it's still there, to add a zero. So she's saying it was 200 (laughs) instead of 20, which is still, even if that's true, and maybe it wasn't 200, maybe it was 100, it's still significantly less than 900 if we agree that 900 was her base salary, which seems like a lot. I mean... You know, it didn't, it it seems like I was on the right path for what Bravo was thinking, but Tamara was like, absolutely not. It's just so funny that, so I see this as the network was throwing her a bone yeah. and allowing her to yeah. wrap up. And it's funny because in Tamara's head and how she seems to be positioning this right. is like, She's the star of the show. It's like Shelly Long on Cheers coming back for three episodes just to like tie things up. And it's like, there's no plot to tie up with Tamara. Right. Let's be clear here. Like we're not yeah. tying. So I feel Kirstie like. Kirstie Dodd has taken over. Yeah. So I feel like this was like giving her a grace note. And it's just funny to watch her try and characterize it as like, they wanted me back for three and like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, they were like, they were trying to give you grace. And you, as you so often do, like didn't understand what you've been given. In her defense, Mm. I had a rage stroke when I heard that motherfucking Daniel Staub was going on Watch What Happens a mere week after physically assaulting someone on camera and then was allowed the potential and opportunity to announce her retirement from a job she hasn't held in several years. And then I look at Vicky and Tamara, who both announced that they were retiring and or being fired from their show on Instagram. And that is not surprising to me 
social media is typically the place for these women to make these announcements followed by a people exclusive or whatever where they are pretending that this was a choice and not a decree and then I looked at what happened with Danielle who was retiring would, would never film anything for Housewives ever again except P.S. she just filmed the reunion sitting on a folding chair because no one allowed her space on the couch and I thought to myself how incredibly disrespectful that you guys have granted Danielle an exception to the rule someone that's not currently holding a job that you're pretending she's quitting and these women one of whom is the OG of the OC one of whom is an honorary OG the platform in the same way and I don't know if it's because Danielle they did you think that they offered them to come back on watch what happens and they said no I think that Vicky would have taken it. No, I think that Vicky was so. Uh, Actually, no, Vicky. Vicky said a lot of shit about Andy online too. If yeah, I was going to say I mind, think that mind. they did offer it. You're right. You're and right. again, I'm speaking. This is hypothetical, or this is uh, I have no, I have no insider knowledge at all. But I do think that they would offer it. I think the women think about it this way: if you have a job for 10, 15 years, or whatever, and it's like they're thinking, and, and Tamara kind of admitted this: they're going moment to moment, and it's like. You just got fired. It's like you have this social media platform where you can reach millions of people. So it's like, and you know, and you're going to make the news your way. It's like, I think that they went rogue because it was like the emotions were so strong. They didn't get what they wanted. And so they wanted to take control of the narrative. If Watch What, Li- Watch what Happens Live would have happened, it's like coordinating dates to come out, time to come on the show. It just would have. They would have been too hot. They would have been too emotional. Yeah. And maybe that's why one could say, not me being the one, but that Danielle makes sense because it's so stupid and so famous and so artificial that they don't have anything invested in it like it's not a surprise because it's like not real yeah and two things about Danielle I mean I I don't care for Danielle but I also don't care about Danielle but I do think two things one that's that's what happens that's That's the earth saying don't say what you're about to say um one first guest ever on watch what happens live which I think is relevant to giving her the platform of the show. Then just show a clip of her being the first on watch what happens live. But yep. Continue to, I think that in many ways it can be said that had Danielle and Teresa not had that moment, the table flip that everything today might not have been completely agree. So show a package of it. Do it or do it as a model of the day. I'm just saying, I think that Andy has holds a place in his heart for Danielle because of the the long road of this journey. It's so interesting that he holds a place of in, in his heart and yet they have understandably refused to give her full-time status. Yeah. And she's asked for it every single year since she was fired. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I hate her so much. Not a good woman. And she's going on the reunion for what? I thought the whole purpose of her being on Watch What Happens was to say I'm no longer going to do this stuff. So what she's saying is that she's no longer a friend of, that that was a temporary agreement and that the terms of the contract have now expired. I mean, like, what is the point of all of this? Yeah. I think what would have been interesting with Danielle, again, not a fan, not a not fan, just she's a no one to me, but it's like her friend of existence. That's what I'm getting tattooed on my forearm. She's (laughs) a no one to me. Um... (laughs) Her existence on the show in phase two was all predicated on the Margaret of mm-hmm, it all. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and a little bit on the Teresa, but it basically was like me and Teresa are friends. There was no like, it's not like they were like, you know, uh, yucking it up. Um, so I think that we only got this version of, of Danielle where it's like we only saw her in contention with either Margaret or there was the Dolores moment, but it's like we never really got anything. No shades of Danielle, no gradient. So it made it so that it's like, it's just, there's no one out there rooting for Danielle. And I think that housewives are most interesting when there's more of a divide. When it's like there are people out there genuinely rooting for them, like a Kim Richards. It also feels like New Jersey has reset and they don't need her anymore. Like they they have so many conflicts and dramas between the current group as it is that she's unnecessary. Okay, can I say something about Jersey? Tell me everything. I am really enjoying what's happening on the show right now. But I'm getting a little bit of a Dua Lipa vibe in terms of I think we're overstanding Jersey. In terms of I'm hearing a lot of people saying like, best season ever and best episodes ever with the Hamptons. And I just think that we need to scale back. And I will say I'm worried about this three-part reunion because there really is the reunions work best when it's like, let's lay out now that you've all had a chance to see the footage Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, blah, blah, blah. Let's mm -hmm. rehash there. We, uh, as we know with Jackie's most recent Instagram post about Teresa with the picture of Teresa and then Teresa commented with like the kissy face, they're good. Mm -hmm. So 
wherein lies, like, what do we need to rehash this season? Because I don't really need to see Jennifer and Melissa go toe to toe once again, you know? Well, that felt like the most artificial part of the episode. It felt like an incredibly manufactured fight. Like I kept watching it over and over again to be like, I want to feel something from this, but I was like, cute. Like that's cute that like Melissa's pretending she's like aggressive in that way. When someone like throws a fork or a knife at her, I don't know. It just felt like if I'm enjoying it, honestly, I'm not saying it's the best of all time. I don't know that I would believe it. It's the best cast in New Jersey of all time. We need a seventh woman. Uh, well, true, but I also am enjoying it. I'm enjoying yeah, this season. I'm for looking sure. forward to. I, it actually is staying with me more than Atlanta, which is so shocking to me. It's more of a totally. cohesive arc than what's going on in Atlanta, where it's like you have to pull out very specific people's storylines. Yep. Can I tell you something I do that I recommend to listeners? Tell Before me Before I hit play on an episode, I always like say to myself, like, how do I feel right now about to hit play on this? Like, am I excited? Am I kind of like doing due diligence? Like, where is my head at? and it's interesting you bring up Atlanta Jersey because it's like right now with Atlanta Atlanta feels like I'm doing legacy work I'm Mm -hmm. doing I'm sort of like putting in the time that I have to Mm -hmm. and watching it whereas with Jersey as you kind of just pointed out I do get a feeling of like I'm excited to to hang out with Mm -hmm. Dolores yeah I feel like Atlanta's having a season that you just need to watch so you can understand the growth or whatever happens next season optimistically the growth and Jersey I'm watching because I'm enjoying I'm like genuinely enjoying it I have nothing bad to say about Jersey in the sense that it's like an almost as you or it's like um I don't want to be disrespectful it's like cotton candy where it's like a saccharin sweet where this is huh. not it's good it's like I love it when you're I'm I'm, good, I'm I'm having a 22 episode urge for cotton candy and yeah and I enjoy it and I appreciate it and I'm gonna rewatch it like I'm gonna enjoy it again and I think if I had I don't know that it would give me a tummy ache I just I think that um I think it's I think it's like enjoyable and it's refreshing and like sweet and exactly what I need right now and Atlanta isn't that but I feel like Atlanta is so consistent that whatever happens next season you're going to need to understand the season in order to mm. ha- sort of like respect the I don't know maybe I wonder though it's like with Jersey right now, it's like we're doing like to be continued off of Melania's birth certificate being left at home and oh. it's like. I it's like moments like that where I'm kind of like you know sometimes we joke when we see the trailer it's like we got it this season like, yeah you know it's like in moments like that with Jersey I'm like I don't know if we got it like um gotta say though loved the Hampton I mean loved West Hampton uh, <laughs> but I loved the energy of the show in the yeah, Hamptons and I sort it. of like the idea it kind of reminded me not nearly as good, but of like when the New York girls went to AC mm-hmm. in season seven. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of like, let's get in a car, let's go on a couple hour drive, but let's go somewhere that has a completely different feel. Mm-hmm. I like was like, I want more of these kind of trips because obviously like I love the big international moment, but those are mostly in hotels often. Mm-hmm. And uh, this had a, I, I just like the energy. I felt it made me long for my summers in the Hamptons. Well, I love that. And I also love, <laughs> I love that the New York stuff, it's like that, um, that limo drive was started with like a fight in a rainy, on a rainy day in an entryway. And Jersey, it's like, you're taking these women out of this dining room. It's sort of the opposite. Whereas like New York, you can kind of say it's like upscale, whatever, um, New York city, Upper East side and Jersey, it's Jersey and Jersey then goes to the Hamptons, which is the country house of the Upper East side. So it's kind of like a switched role. Yeah. I also do want to mention the restaurant that they were eating at the four of them on Jersey. It was in Quag. Which one? Dockers? Yeah. Because then they went to, um, they were at the fancy, um, where Jean-Georges has a restaurant and where Jill Zarin threw her last luxury luncheon. Where was that? In this it's week's in episode? South, it was in no, no, last but, week's with Southampton. Oh, but right, 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 yeah, right, right, right. this week's right, right. was in Quag. Yeah, Dockers. No, no, no. The, yes, the one they went to last week is literally like Housewives uh, filming zone. That's like genuine yeah, and real, but it's just funny because it made me think of Cindy Barshop as soon as they were Aww. at Dockers. I was like, maybe Cindy's down the street. In memoriam. Yeah. A lot of people have been making the comparison with what's happening on Orange County to New York season four, where they're like, just keep in mind, remember being an OG isn't a lifetime appointment and what they are doing is kind of resetting the cast they're not doing it entirely they're still keeping people but they're doing what happened to new york season four where jill's getting fired alex is getting fired cindy is getting fired though obviously not a big deal kelly's getting fired and they're 
they're playing around. They're making some strong moves. They're making Bravo is making some baller moves. I get that. Uh, I want that energy. So with that in mind, I need two more cuts. From Orange County, mm-hmm. Gina, which I don't agree with, but I, I think I think Gina should be demoted. I don't think Gina will take that person. I would cut Emily and I would cut Bronwyn. How fucking dare you? Why would you cut Emily Simpson? Why? I liked what we got and I think we got enough. You would keep Gina over Emily? Yeah, I like Gina. Someone just needs to tell Emily that she can be as strong and aggressive on camera as she is on social and we're fine. Well, I was going to say, it's like there seems to be like a tale of two Emilys. And it's like we're not getting that energy on the show. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 so I would, lo- I would love like a big, if they did like a big shake-up shake-up, it would be good. Um, you would get rid of Bronwyn? Yeah, I'm hearing from a lot of people that they hate Bronwyn, and my thing with Bronwyn is I think she's she's so manic and so excited, sort of similar to Jen Aiden, although completely different. That I like that. I like someone that's so excited to be on TV. Yeah, it's just she's not memorable. It's like I always Do think they about all need to be memorable. Yeah, uh, fine. Okay, yeah. what were you gonna say? Tell me. I mean, like, think about the New York cast from season one. Like, yes, every woman was memorable, but that is history. Well. I want more You can't history. base everyone out of New York season one. I mean, that doesn't exist anymore. Now pe- people didn't know. They were filming Manhattan Moms. They didn't know what they were getting into at this point. But now even, you know. But even look, looking at Beverly Hills season one, it's just like, I mean, like the, oh, I, I like a cast of all heavy hitters. And I think, or even look at, uh, uh, um, hello, New York. Oh. I was going to say New York season seven. It's just like, there's a world in which every player is of equal value. I guess yes. season seven. Hold on, we had Kristen. Um, but, <laughs> but, but no, I, I, I do think there's a world in which every um to quote Danny Pellegrino everything is iconic everyone should be iconic and so yeah I think that we have two there, there's become this sort of and this is why I'm worried about Leah on New York um I want a cast where everyone is firing on all cylinders and I think there's become this thing where it's like well if we have three that are fire, filing or fire filing if we have three that are firing on all cylinders will be good because they'll like they'll stir things up. I think this is classic Beverly Hills, which is like they think that like they can have an Erica and they can have a Teddy because they've got the Vanderpump and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I need all women to be at the level. Which is why I'm so nervous about New York because oh, similar no, because Beverly Hills lost Lisa before they wanted to like way too soon during filming and Bethany dropped them like it's hot oh the night before or potentially the day that filming was supposed to begin and they were depend they needed her they needed the alpha 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 and yeah. without it it shows the weakness of the cast. The one thing though that New York because I was just talking about this with my girlfriend Rose yesterday the one thing that New York has going for it by the way here we're getting the trailer very soon. Um, I've been hearing that for weeks I'm still shaking and also Beverly Hills keep telling me it though because I want to hear it I cannot (laughs) I just like like last year we got it didn't we get it the the day after the other we got one and then we got the next one the next day and I literally Uh, lost my mind it should be a Super Bowl commercial should just be the trailer Um, but anyway what I was gonna say was uh, mm, (laughs) uh, I was gonna say Um, trailer New York Bethany you were talking to your friend Rose I was talking to my friend Rose oh my god hold on it's I just have a brain for it Bethany New York um the trailer oh, oh um uh, hummus hummus oh my god bethany new york hummus the trailer <laughs> the next season oh oh, oh i thought of it okay oh it's that oh my god sorry uh <laughs> it's that luann's drinking and so i literally think if anything <laughs> is going to potentially uh put us back on the rails so that we can fall off once more i think it's lou's drinking it's that luann is like publicly drinking yeah and i think that it's there's a that lot to do with that plot that's gonna be really awkward like how are they gonna do this in a way that's like sensitive because she then said at one point that she was an alcoholic then there was that super awkward scene with her and Jill playing tennis where Jill's like you don't look like one to me and it was like very strange and stereotypical and then the women went on Bravo went to BravoCon and they're like we got her drinking again and it's I would be very, I would think they need to be very, very, this is like tricky territory. Yeah. I, I hope don't they're know, not careful. I don't know how they're going to do it. I really don't know how they're going to do it. I think the thing that worries me the most is, so are we going to have a cast of six? Because I hate a six. I like a seven. Or Wait, an eight. so who are we going to have? We're going to have Ramona, Luana, Lou, Sonia Rita. Tinsley. Tinsley-ish. Yeah. Leah. Leah. Leah's sister has a Dorinda. friend, which doesn't count. Dorinda. Six. 
There's the other woman that was filming um, who has the whole story with the ex-husband and the nanny or something. Oh, God. Wow. But I think she's friend of. But there's the woman that... So do you remember when I... And there's also Leah's sister, who I think is friend of. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were all at the filming that I went to. There was a brunette who I didn't know, and then there was Leah, and then there was her sister. Her sister looks very familiar. I do think we'll get a uh, full season of Tinsley. I do think that, that, that we will get full season. Uh, and speaking of uh, people that said that people thought were going to be gone, but is here. Did you see Denise Richards tweet that she didn't leave? Didn't leave needs help with her tagline. Also, please stop crowdsourcing your tagline. I don't think that's even real. I feel like they're just doing that just to pretend that like, I wish I thought that was the case, but I think it's real. <laughs> Well, Brand, after Denise's tweet, Brandy, the thirstiest person I have never met in my life, tweeted and said, there's only one person and then tagged Andy that truly knows if a housewife will be returning for next year, for next season, or if they have exhausted their story. Hashtag fact. If I never hear Brandy Glanville auditioning for a full-time return on Twitter ever again, it will be too soon. I agree. It's so manufactured and people that keep saying that she needs to come back to the show I could not understand their perspective less it's similar with Gretchen who comments on every she must have some sort of IG whatever where she watches for every single housewife putting up any kind of photo on social media so she can immediately say like look so pretty miss you xx this is always the question it's like when we think back upon these housewives that we've loved the question is did they give us were they good television 100% of the time or were they good fighters and so it's like Brandy is a classic case of like good fighter but like do you remember Brandy's like scenes and her like sad various homes and like just all of the Michigas with like wasn't wasn't there a dog that was like missing at one point yeah the dog and the assistant lost the dog and then the dog got eaten or whatever oh. but she also is another one where eddie won't let us see the kids so there's nothing else there at least bring at least bethany has the benefit of having 900 other storylines yes. and being crazy like brandy we truly need that in order yes. to feel any kind of sympathy for her but like with the dorinda it's like you can give me scenes and we think we talked about this before it's like Dorinda bopping around Murray Hill, picking up some fresh flowers, <laughs> Beauty and the Beast opening music playing underneath. It's like, I'm perfectly comfortable. And no, 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 I'm not just comfortable. I'm in my happiest place. Like, it feels good. It feels right. Because Dorinda can hold a scene. So I made the argument online that Vicky and Tamara, Tamara in an honorary position are treating being on the Housewives like a Supreme Court appointment, but this isn't a lifetime role. Mm. And I saw that you tweet, because I tw- I like like essentially 107% of your tweets because I'm obsessed with them. But you tweeted something about, what was it? Like the honorary OGs or who are the, like the second generation second housewives? Wave, yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you said. Well, I was just thinking about how much we sort of, the term OG has been self-branded by Bravo, you know, when they really brought all the OGs on for that Watch What Happens Live episode. Right. And they've really leaned into, and you know, Ramona referencing it. They really, mm-hmm. and, and Vicky, obviously, they've really leaned into this idea of like the OG being... Um, the creator. Yeah, because you know how there's like that rule in Housewives where like we don't talk about Housewives, but it's like, but we, we can talk about OG. Right. And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? There's this second wave of Housewife really begun with so- Sonia Morgan is really the first of the second wave who came on who has been here for a while now and has really like cemented their status within the universe that sort of doesn't get the deference, which then got me thinking in a follow-up tweet. I was like, you know what? It's really not about OG. It's really about tenure because then that made me think about Candy, who is the third longest tenured housewife now after Ramona and Luann. Wow. And it's like Candy is not OG status. And yet she is such an OG. She's a, She's spiritual, such a spiritual OG, spiritually. which is second wave. So who are the most important second waves to you? Uh, Sonia, obviously. Candy, Kenya, uh, Portia, Rinna, Shannon. Isn't it sad that I like have that like so memorized? No, that's amazing. <laughs> well, you wouldn't put Margaret in that bucket? She's too new. She's and third Dorinda, wave. oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, because I think of it even like sub spiritually as the people where it doesn't, where it's not tenure. It's just like emotional me knowing yeah. that they have so much power. Third wave. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'd put Dorinda in third wave because it's like 
I can't put Sonia and Dorinda together. There's too much. There's it's too. It's not the same for me. The thing with Rena too is that I think I take Rena for granted, and I also remember that one season where she's like, "I'm going to go on the sidelines to a remind you of my importance," and b because I don't want my kiddos to lose their part time seasonal jobs. Yeah, on the catwalk or whatever. And you know what? She is really important. Yeah. The, uh, there's an argument that could be made with what I'm saying where you put Shannon into third wave um, and I could see that. But yeah, I just think it's like, I really, I think all the time about like Sonia's season, you know, it's like we, I regard her as OG. She's so fundamental to the show and yet she came in, wasn't a full-time cast member until season four. She's so fundamental to the show except they almost lost her at one point because she was trying to do that really smart yeah. um, contract renegotiation with Lou and Ramona. Ramona quickly dropped out and then she and Luann were penalized and were only paid per episode and not per season. And I'm nervous about her upcoming season. I'm very, very nervous that it's going to be a little too dark. Yeah. She does not seem hundred percent yeah I mean I'm excited to see her new face on screen she looks I've met her in person a couple times she looks she looks different now and that has nothing to do with like any kind of anything or whatever she just she looks different is all I'm it's just she looks she doesn't look or seem like herself yeah and I don't know what I don't don't know why I, I think people like really like uh And I don't think that's age. No, but I think people creep around like discussions of plastic surgery when it's like, it's okay to like look at someone and be like, you look like you've had a ton of plastic surgery. I don't think it's plastic surgery. I don't know. I think it's like maybe too much booze or something. Oh, interesting. She looks, she looks, um, something is, something is different in her face. Yeah, very different. And it's not, to me, it's not plastic surgery. Like Mm. you could make the argument that it's filler, but I don't, it feels like it's her soul is sad or something. And I'm like seeing that in her eyes. There's something that's different. When I saw her at the Lou filming in December, I was like, something is different here. She does not seem like herself. And Ramona referenced it where she was said in some kind of something somewhere. I don't remember if it was BravoCon or Watch What Happens or what or what, but she was like, you know, uh, um, Sonia's going to have like a difficult season. And that was like, ner- that made me nervous. I'm See, nervous for her. But that makes me like nervous, excited. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a lot of fireworks, but that that is that does not a good season make. Like Lou's going to do Lou. Ramona's going to be Ramona. Sonia's going to be Sonia. And it's like, where is the narrative? It's just going to be a lot of explosions. And that is not necessarily, um, that's not truly dynamic. That's just maybe disruptive. You know, it doesn't feel, co- it doesn't feel like it's going to be consistent or cohesive. But then again, you know, Atlanta's not having the best season of its life and I'm still dying. So bring back Heather G. I would love it. I think Heather is so fantastic oh and she just got burned out by the, the Bethany stuff was too much for her. She truly left of her own volition. One of the few to be a able to say that. A beautiful woman. A wonderful A human, great mother. Great mother. Oh married to one A great of, friend. Married to one of my low-key favorite husbands. A great Jew. A great, uh, holla. Yeah, holla. Holla with a CH. Like, 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 a great businesswoman. So like, great. Yeah. And now I she, feel if I were to like, I would, like, if I could be friends with any housewife besides Rena, I feel like Heather T is like, I could like kick it with Heather T. She's been in your place on the couch before. We talked about <laughs> oh, fucking wow. climbing a mountain or whatever. She just mm. showed up and we, not just showed up. I mean, we scheduled it. But like, she, she, was, she just <laughs> hit the buzzer. <laughs> holla. She's just, <laughs> Um, I mean, it was Shabbat and she just knew to come. Um, I just feel, I feel, I, yeah, I would, I would love it. That would be someone that would come back and, and would be great. And that I, I don't know if Ramona finds her that grating anymore. I mean, there was that wonderful tension of like Ramona critiquing how Heather mourned the death of her father that I found so fascinating. Um, I just, I really, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm a little nervous and I don't know. A fascinating friendship. Uh, between Heather and Ramona. It really ebbed and flowed. Do you think that they're ever going to do anything with Jill? Aside from like inviting her to film and then not using the footage, but maybe showing a little spot of it during the, um, during the season trailer. I'm hopeful. (sighs) I love Jill. I'll always love Jill. And again, Jill is not someone that is going to, save this 
you know, but I don't she's think, yeah, just I don't think she, she would just be great. It, but she I, would just be great. She'd be great. And I also feel like Jill is like my favorite kind of um, human, which is that like saw themselves, uh, saw who they were in their life at a certain point, reflected back to them and said, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to grow from this experience. And so I do believe like Jill Zarin is a good human being. I do believe she's a good friend and I do believe that she can go back and look at her behavior on the show now and say like, that's not who I am anymore. And I have mucho respect for that. We're going to see what happens. I mean, honestly, we're going to watch what happens because I just don't know. Um, I could talk to you forever I mean I feel like we didn't really talk about Jersey except we totally did we talked about Atlanta ish how are you feeling I'm not yeah yeah I'm ready for New York and Potomac oh god I'm so ready for Potomac oh if my they, god did they really start filming immediately after the reunion yeah yeah that is gonna be also so I just feel like I'm like such a Monique stan and I feel like this <gasps> is gonna be a great year for Monique did she quit though or is she still in it I mean I she- got very very nervous that she wasn't on the trip I'm very I if if Candace is still allowed to be full time and for whatever reason Monique quits I will lose my mind like Candace is a is I always use the phrase shooting star but like she is so annoying and so great at like being yeah. but like she is not like my heart will always belong to Monique yeah. like if you're choosing between the two Monique for days it just makes me nervous that like Candace got to go on the trip and Monique yeah. didn't for whatever reason well even if it was I hope choice. that's not the case but if it's not the case I think one thing that Potomac has going for it among many things is with Shasha being back this season as friend of uh, Potomac is the only show to have it since <laughs> <laughs> that took me for a second um, Potomac second. is the only show to have its entire original cast into its fifth season and aren't we so fortunate to be living in the time of Potomac aren't we <sighs> so fortunate to be living in the time of Potomac a perfect cast beautiful women a perfect cast. Yeah. A perfect cast. Last season, aside from my love, Chris genu- Oh my god. A good man. A great sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's so good that they have like some great, like fucking um, uh, Chris Candace's Chris, who He's, I thought was going to be a piece of shit because yeah. he you know forgets napkins at a barbecue, yeah. but like is actually a, a really man. great counter. Yeah. yeah, and a good chef apparently. She actually married up. Yeah. Oh, she certainly married up. Yeah, and she met someone who will force her to grow as a person. Yeah. Like, I, I fully do think that, because Candace is really young, we forget, and it's like, I see a world in which in a couple of years, like, what, like Candace can, what I don't like about Candace right now, I think can be worked through. Candace is also really complicated online and says, like, a lot of wrong things, which I appreciate about her. That Like, yeah. she thinks she's, like, super smart, and it's like, no, sweetie, you're, you're reading this wrong. Yeah, like, no. this is not the argument yeah. to make, and you cannot have those kinds of, like, philosophical questions about, yeah. like, race and stuff with um, Housewife fans online in 140 characters or less because that is going to go super, super left, yeah. super quick. Log out, Candace. Log out. Log out. Um, so we are going to log on to – I need to do a Patreon with you – um, about a super long, super incredible Vicky and Tamara satchel that was sent to me by an Andy's Girls listener in Scotland. And I like need to get your thoughts. Um, and guys, two quick announcements before we depart. Yes, I did use the word Patreon episode. And guess what, guys? The second you finish listening to this episode, you can get yourself an Andy Scrolls Patreon. Yes, the thing that you guys have been asking for for maybe years has finally arrived. The Andy Scrolls Patreon has launched. A link to that Patreon will be in the description for this episode. And I have to th- tell you, I've been, I hear from people every single day about where's the Andy Scrolls Patreon. It's going to include um, exclusive Andy Scrolls mini bonus episodes, including the uh, Tamara one that we're going to record right now. And it's really a way to, um, show your appreciation for AG, which costs a lot of money. It's a lot of time spent on uh, watching these shows and researching and a hashtag new audio and everything else. And you're the number one way to show your appreciation uh, for the People's People's Couch is obviously writing a five-star iTunes review if you haven't already and um, signing up for that Patreon. I'm very excited about it. Can I say something really quick about Tell that? Tell me everything. I just feel like even if you 
don't have the time to listen to someone's Patreon and really are only experiencing the main episodes, yeah. you just buy the Patreon yeah. as an act of support. I'm not saying people shouldn't listen to the Patreon. They should, of course, no, listen to the Patreon. Regardless, give me your but money. But I'm of that mindset where it's like podcasters are doing so, putting out so much content so regularly and especially someone like you who like is really a stickler to the schedule, like making yeah. sure this episode is up every week. Yeah. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes coordination. And so I think dunking a few dollars every month into your wallet, it's like absolutely the right thing. And it could be the cost of a third of a coffee, um, a coffee without almond milk, and yeah. then a coffee with soy. So it's really not expensive. It would mean a lot. And, you know, I haven't, we've, this is 144, I think, for AG. Um, I essentially haven't done ads the entire time because I, as a podcast listener, get slightly annoyed by them, although, of course, they serve a purpose. And I haven't done that until you know, like exploring stuff now, but it's a really unsustainable platform that I have. And, um, you know, would really appreciate it. You guys, every single sign up would mean the world. There are some goals on there that you guys will be interested in. If we hit a certain number, we'll, I'll produce a live recording, the first ever Andy Scrolls recording, hopefully at some point in, um, 2020, doing an LA trip to interview some Beverly Hills and Pump Rules Bravo Labs. And there's a lot of other potential, which you guys would really like as hopefully fans and supporters. And it would really, really mean the world um, to me and for me. So I appreciate that in advance. I also just want to give a shout out to Mabuz. As you guys know, I was scheduled to be in a live recording of um, a housewife um, super famous moment um, a couple months ago and unfortunately fell ill and spent the night in the ICU instead. Um, but guess what, guys? I got a second chance and I'm so excited. My friends at, um, here for drama are presenting a Real Housewives live reading of the infamous Scary Island, which I'll be narrating. I promise not to die. It's going to be phenomenal. Wednesday, February 19th at Club Cumming. Doors at 10 o'clock. Show at 1030. You can go to Club Cumming's website to buy tickets, which are $10. Portion of the proceeds benefit um, an amazing charity. And I'll be joined by Ryan Houlihan, Pat Reagan, Natalie Walker, Z-Way, who you guys know, Larry Owens, and Alex Batter. And I'm really, really excited about it. So if you want to meet me and say hi, and I love meeting AGs. It's like truly my favorite thing in life. Come to that. I promise not to die. I swear to God. I promise. They've told me that they will provide an oxygen tank if necessary. That's nice. <laughs> and I'll totally be there. I will be there in the audience. Um, Phenom. And please tell the folks, Evan Ross Katz, where to get your forthcoming podcast. Oh, yeah. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. It's on seven different platforms. I've only heard of three of them. So anywhere that a <laughs> podcast can be obtained, I'm sure it's there. Um, and how can people find you online? Uh, Evan Ross Katz, uh, if that's your jam. I fully get it if it's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and guys, if you're not following me on Twitter, which I know you're not, at Sarah Galley on Instagram, at Dame Galley, when I put up Patreon episodes, you guys will be the first to know. So um, I'm also taking submissions. Two of the Patreon episodes that are going to be available when you guys click on are because of Andy's girls telling me what they want to hear Um me talk about so be very excited for that we are gonna talk a little bit more about um Tamara because how can you not um a pleasure is always I like genuinely I'm like I get a little nervous when I ask you to come on because I'm like so obsessed with you that I'm like I don't want to like bother him <laughs> you're never bothering <laughs> like, me I'm so happy to do it and I, I love, love the podcast it. I listen to it all the time thank you I just like truly love talking <clears throat> to you because I feel like you like bring it to another level and again 144 episodes in I'm always interested in a different perspective and I feel like yours is so unique and dynamic and I like genuinely just want to say thank you because I am such a fan of yours so I really appreciate you um, coming this week. I'm a fan of yours too. Um, okay we love each other. Really. <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm gonna go get a tattoo and we'll talk to you guys again Bye. soon. Bye!